0: to expect to do work which is perfect is impossible it's a futile exercise now i'm all for you know aiming for the moon and then if you miss you are still landing the stars i'm all for that but going through therapy this is the vulnerable part going through therapy and realizing that perfectionism was a bad thing um, and and my therapist saying like you know oh it sounds like a perfectionist and i'm like yeah And, and and i and i wore that badge with joy and she's like well, the problem with perfectionism is that when you set these really high standards for yourself and then you don't meet them because you are human and to air is human, um, you, you beat yourself up. And beating yourself up definitely isn't an exercise in perfection.
1: Welcome to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. I'm your host, Kenneth Klosterman, bringing you true stories from behind the lens and behind the lives of your favorite photographers, filmmakers, and creative industry game changers. From their struggles to their wins, we get the real human stories about why they do what they do. I believe there is something to learn from everyone's story. Listen, get inspired, and discover why in the end your creative journey is all worth it. So today I am super excited to bring onto our podcast and the Creative Live platform for the very first time, Toby Shinobi. Uh, Toby hails between London and Chicago. Joining us from Chicago today, uh, he is a photographer, a filmmaker, a creative director, a social media expert, truly a multifaceted artist, uh, if you will. Very interesting story. Can't wait to talk about how he started in law And now ended up a photographer and artist and creator in general. Uh, He has worked with companies from Adidas, Adobe, uh, Sony, Samsung, Audi, uh, and as well as so many more. Uh, if you know him on social media, which you probably do, he's got over 190,000 followers across his different platforms, and certainly on Instagram, where he was an early adopter, he is best known for his beautiful architecture, photography, uh, what finding beauty anywhere, even in the gritty. Uh, he is a Sony ambassador, a Lightroom ambassador, and the star of a film called I Take Photos. Please help me welcome Mr. Toby Shinobi. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Kenner. I was I was listening to that. I was like, "Damn, did I do all of that?" Like, I need to roll with you. I need to hang out with you more often and have you come with me when I walk into rooms. Just when I'm not feeling too great, just be like, "Oh, Kenner, just hit them with the with the intro." But thank you. All right, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that.
1: Always happy to do that. If we lived in the same city, I think we'd be fast friends, don't we?
0: Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, we know so many of the same people as well, so it's 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 really great to connect.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, I I became a fan of your work um, on Instagram. But I think it's so interesting because I know you do so much more you kind of you're you're known for the architecture work on Instagram. But again, there's like so much more to you. So let's talk a little bit. Let's start by talking a little bit about um, your Instagram story. And um, early adopter, Um, and what one of the things I'm most curious about now is like you're staying consistent to the type of work that you're showing on there. So just tell me in general your Instagram story.
0: Okay, cool. Um, So um, I'm self-taught. I think the the thing about me, like you mentioned, I kind of started off in law. Um, so, um, studied law at college, studied at a university, then went to law school and then practiced for quite a few years. And some people have probably heard a lot of this story before, but I'm going to, I'm going to go into it anyway, just for the people that haven't heard it. Um, I, um, it's, it's funny, I was back in London just recently and I was speaking to my parents about how, um, when I was much younger and, um, was going through things as a lot of teens do, right? I, I wasn't eloquent enough to realize that when I was asking people questions, like when people like, you know, had various jobs and and part-time jobs and whatnot, right? And often I would get asked to do stuff, but um, I would often ask questions because I have this very, I'm very, I get very frustrated if I don't do things in a particular way. And so I'd often ask questions when given feedback um, to make sure that I nailed it. But I realized when speaking to my parents just recently that, I don't think I was eloquent enough to be able to ask those questions in a way where it didn't come across as um, interrogative. It came across. It, it. I was. It was meant to be inquisitorial, right? I was meant to just be asking the questions, like, okay, so when you're saying do it this way, how about what in this scenario? Like, so it, it came across as I, I had a, a very challenging nature, and that kind of led to a lot I of see. people saying to me, <laughs> "Oh." You you, you you ask a lot of questions or you argue a lot. You should be a lawyer. So that's that's kind of one of the reasons why I kind of ended up in law. Um, uh, the, the good reason that I always tell people why I ended up in law is I wanted to do something which is going to challenge me. I wanted to do something um, where I could make money and I wanted to do something um, where I could help people. And law was a good way to do that. I also had the kind of gift and curse of... Um, being good at a number of different things. So I never really, you know, when like, as a kid, you're like, oh, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a footballer or whatever, right? Um, I, I'm recounting another story to a friend of mine just recently where um, my mum took me to a careers advisor and like, had to kind of like type in answers to all these questions about like, you know, like what what do you like? And therefore what would you be good at? And I remember getting reams of paper back because it was just like you'd be good at like all these different things and like for some people they are like why are you complaining about that and it's like it was cool definitely I, I definitely see the, the the privilege in that but at the same time um it, there was a, there's an element of frustration with not necessarily knowing what you want to do and with law because it touches because there's legal implications for pretty much everything it was just it made sense for me to kind of do that so I did that for many years, but like friends and family were like, you're creative. You should really be doing something creative. And I, I kind of lied to myself and said, I'll oh, be creative in the solutions which I find for my clients and, and whatnot, right? And I remember speaking to my mentor at the time, um, a guy called Paul who um, runs a production company called Maroon Productions, great guy, check his work out. And um, I said to him, you know, um, I, I found what, what I wanna do. I, I wanna work with creatives and he told me quite bluntly he's like shut up i was like, like like why are you so mean he goes shut up Toby. you don't want to work with creatives you are a creative and and it's it's funny like even when he told me that it still took me years to kind of um work my way to was photography so photography kind of i was do, i was doing law and i was i was um uh, i worked my way to the litigation department so um lots of as you can imagine in, in the litigation department, lots of contentious behavior, um, disputes with the other side, disputes with the judge, disputes with your boss and stuff. And I just, I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't around people who are inspiring me. And at this point, I think I'd become a much more mature, much more diplomatic person and was receiving feedback in a much better way, I guess. And I just, um, I found that I just didn't like that contentious nature. I didn't, I didn't like the combative... Um, elements of day-to-day of just being always having to justify stuff photography became um very cathartic for me it was very much like therapy um and i was i was very depressed um very um unhappy with my station and i again i recognize my privilege because i had a job um it came around the time when the um in the uk we refer to it as a credit crunch but the economic the global economic crisis that kind of happened so i had a job i was able to to live a decent life and stuff but i wasn't fulfilled and um, um i remember a year um i was really down and my parents again they they said to me like okay cool we can see you stressed why don't you take your birthday present early and and go on a trip get out of town and just kind of chill and I went and stayed um, with my cousins in Canada. I'd wanted to go to Canada for for a while. First week in Vancouver, just kind of chilled out and, and rested. Second week I spent in Toronto and I, I met a photographer there and just every day just spent morning to night shooting. And just that's when I learned you could make money from Instagram. And I was kind of blown away by the idea that, you know, you someone would pay you to do something that you enjoy doing. Um, I got introduced to my, I went to my first Insta meet, I got introduced to the London community and that's kind of how I kind of like, I've, I've shortened that a lot, but that's kind of how I ended up on in Instagram, um, or getting ended up in the Instagram community. But, um, yeah, it was, a, a, a bumpy ride, um, where I've been self-taught and over time I tried to do the law thing as well as doing the photography thing. Um, but again, like I said, I just wasn't inspired. So what ended up happening was, um, I was becoming more and more obsessed with photography. I, you know, I'd be watching TV whilst editing something every weekend, any spare moment I had, I'd be shooting. I remember my friends and family being like, you're spending a lot of time taking photos. I always had a camera on me. It was, it was very much an obsession. And then, um, they changed the law in the UK, which meant the type of lawyer that I was, um, there was less of a need for them. So I got a severance package, and there was this very bumpy period where I was insanely broke um, trying to manage a, much, a bunch of different responsibilities. But um, long story short, I decided to kind of invest in a better camera. And maybe a month after doing that, um, Adidas or Adidas kind of came through with what, had, up until that point, had been my biggest paycheck to date. And I think I knew then that I was like, yeah, this is this is definitely the right thing to do. And um after about 18 months of going freelance and kind of, you know, navigating the crazy waters of being a content creator and being freelance, having had a steady income for so long, um, I got headhunted by the chief creative officer of Havas, Jason Peterson. Um, second time he met, he said, you know, do I want to move to Chicago? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And um I went through the visa process and I've been in Chicago ever since. So that's a whistle-stop tour of like how I ended up talking to you now. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, how I ended up doing this full-time.
1: Well, Toby, there are so many elements within that that I want to dive further into. Um, I First of all, it's such a, you know, when we're going through these experiences of being in a place, in a job that we think we're supposed to be in or that our path has led us to at that point, And then we feel like we have to stay until we get to the point where we're not even living anymore. Um, I think is such a common story for many people who do then uh, take the leap to change into a creative career. Um, and, and it's my, it's, as you're telling your story like, this is my story as well. Mm. And of course Mm. I was in the corporate world was, you know, you know, have an MBA was at kind of the top of the game, if you will, of what you're supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. but miserable, like couldn't get out of bed and, and had to walk away and, and, you know, and you, at the time you think like you were saying, like you're depressed, you were fortunate to have, you know, family supportive and all these things, but it's like, you don't realize that it's okay to step away or that, you know, it's okay if your, your story shifts. Um, and, and so I just appreciate that you're sharing that because it is such a common, um, thing that I want to encourage people, you know, who, who are in that place of unhappiness? That there is another way. Um, Absolutely. And and so I think it's interesting that you you know you talked about part of uh, going into law because you wanted it to to challenge you to make money and to help people. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of talk about each of those those things, um, at starting with community and helping people. Um, mm. Because I believe that that's part of, you know, what community is all about. And certainly something that Instagram, Insta Meets sort of allowed a lot of people to fuel this, like a reason to, to get together. Um, mm. Talk to me about the importance of, of that photo family to you.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you said a couple of things, which I, I think are, are very good jump off points. I I think for me... Um, the helping people and connecting people is, is just so important, especially in this day and age, right? With everything that's kind of going on with COVID where we're, we're more connected, but more disconnected than we've ever been at the same time. And I think the wanting to help people thing, I, I, I don't know why growing up as a kid, I always wanted to have a multitude of friends and I always wanted to kind of just do things. Um, I, I, the concept of generational wealth um, is important to me, but I also like the idea of generational love. My family is very affectionate, very caring. And I love the idea of just like, I I know not everyone has the same privileges and blessings that I have. And I wanted to kind of, I've always just wanted to share that with people. I've always felt that man is not an island and that we, if we can, if we could just dedicate like time to helping one person, if we just said, this is is one person I just wanna help, and everyone, you've seen, you've ever seen the film "Pay It Forward,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yep. So I, I, love the idea of that, right? And I just feel like if we all would just say, I'm just gonna just focus on one person, and I'm just gonna help that person as much as I can, right? And that could be a partner, it could be a child, or whatever. So that's always been something which I've been I've been very key on, and um, it manifests itself in my in my photography, in that. Um, I have the, the blessing and privilege to be able to, um, do something which, um, I enjoy doing and get paid to do it. Right. And I feel that all creativity kind of comes from above, you know, whatever anyone's religious leanings are, I believe that, you know, we get given these gifts and I think first and foremost, you kind of have to, um, work out like what your voice is and work out how you're going to eat from that. Right. You need to kind of, save yourself first. And then um, I think for me, the, the importance for me, like again, especially in this year with everything that's kind of going on, I'm trying to work out how best I can use my gifts and talents to help other people. And it, it could be as simple as just inspiring other people to let them know that, you know, this is one way that you can do it. But teaching other people and sharing knowledge, um, mentoring people, I don't think that this gift which is given to me is just for me. I believe it's something that's been given to me to be shared with everyone. Um, you know, that whole notion of like no is original, but we are kind of conduits. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm very much about sharing this, what we have. And, and I think there's something interesting about, um, the different ways that people learn and the different ways that people communicate, because, um, going back to me talking about how me not being eloquent enough to express, um, that when i was asking these questions i was really trying to find out the best way the most efficient way to do something um i also found that with photography i've been able to kind of communicate to people in a way which sometimes words don't describe in the best way um and there's certain principles from from law which i've kind of um extrapolated and kind of put into my photography um because people often say to me, oh, it's a big switch to go from law to photography. And, and with law, um, my legal mentor told me that you know what you want to do when conveying a message is give it in the most simple way possible. It saves you time. If, someone, if you give something something that's too complex, they're going to come back to you. And that's time that you could be doing something else. And so that manifests itself in my photography. So um, I try to make sure that the stuff that I shoot comes across in a very accessible, very simple, very straightforward manner. And, and that manifests itself in perspective as well. So a lot of my work is over the symmetry, the geometry, the balance, all of that um, is underpinned with this kind of me trying to get forward this very straightforward idea. I'm trying to get you to see what I see. Um, and it's, it's the same with just how we connect with people. Sometimes I'm not able to explain it in the best way um, with, with words, but I've been able to connect with people and form some very strong friendships just on the basis of people knowing me for my photography before they've even really met me. I was kind of here and there, but I hope that make, kind of makes sense.
1: Well, I, one thing that, that led me to a couple things, but first of all, I, I uh, think it's interesting. You, you said again, see what I see. I want people to see what I see. And that's, you go to your website and it says see what I see. Yeah. And, and so, and I've, I've heard you talk about also in some of the videos that I watched, um, there's, you're featured in some Sony videos recently, uh, and, um, that the, you know, you present something, but then it's up to the person who's taking that image in to put their own sort of, um, meaning into that. Um, what, I mean, what, what is it about see what I see that, especially if it's like, you're, you know, a conduit for, you know, what, what creativity is in general. Um, Tell me about see what I see that, that concept.
0: I guess, again, it it goes to um, perspective. Um, I, and again, this comes from like this legal background thing. One of the things I, I learned was in order to have the strongest argument, you need to consider many other arguments and that kind of manifested itself in Um, considering many perspectives and that manifested itself in the way in which I approach my photography. Right. So I will go and look at something and I'm trying to work out what's the best, what's the best angle. I'm often trying to, as my brother puts it, finagle, finagle this angle. Right. So um, I, I like to consider many perspectives and one thing I've noticed whilst um, in law and having discussions and having debates with various people is like, often people will only look at it from their perspective and they they lack empathy they, they find it very difficult to look at it from from someone else's perspective i don't i stopped trying to convince people of the exact reasons why i was doing something um well actually no let me let me rephrase that i when having a debate with someone actually more so nowadays i think i'm trying to just get them to see my perspective. I'm not necessarily trying to convince them because their experiences are completely different from mine. So sometimes it's a futile exercise, you know, with everything that's going on in the world in terms of current political state of things and so on and so forth. If I was to come across someone who supported a particular person who um, hasn't conceded uh, electoral defeat, um, I would. Understand that they don't have the same experiences that I do, you know. Um, but I would try to convince them, like, okay, cool. Here, here's another way of looking at it, and armed with that information, they can make an informed decision. But cancel culture, this whole just because someone has a particular view, you just block them and stuff. It's just gonna, it's just going to create people who are just going to confirm the biases that you already have conversation doesn't happen and i think conversation is what we need in like current climate to to kind of push things forward um you know this this whole notion of you don't agree with what i agree with and therefore we can't speak anymore that's going to lead to more problems down the line i'm not we don't have to we don't have to agree on everything but we should at least talk Mm. sometimes maybe talk is enough but Let's talk. Well, that's
1: that that's ex- but that's exactly it I mean and, and I I love that you're this you know bringing the idea of perspective and your architectural photography and the law and like all of it together to also like what it means to be human in this time uh, but but yes just like an image you 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 present an idea and then people can do with it what they will you know same with like you said um, just seeing other people's perspectives. So, so important. Uh, and, and, um, so such an important, you know, non-photography message, which is, you know, what this podcast is all about, not just photography at all, but about life and, and how we all approach that. And so I love the, it just, the, see what I see. Um, I see now the, the different layers of that.
0: You Um, see what I see.
1: I see what you see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm curious about you mentioned um that y- you mentioned okay so you do architecture and you mentioned feeling and I'm just uh, people being able to to take that away from your work I'm curious about I often think about like in portraiture and um, um and 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 trying to like see into somebody's soul and their eyes, and that's kind of the goal. And maybe that's because that's the type of of work that I do personally. So Mm -hmm. tell me about creating mood, emotion in in architectural um, and imagery. Is it? Yeah. Tell I I have a thought, but talk to me about that.
0: I guess um, in terms of creating mood and. I guess, telling a story when it comes to like architectural stuff. Um, I think the, one of the learnings I've had just more recently, just in terms of trying to improve as a creative, improve as a photographer and, and storyteller in general, um, I noticed that, um, your, the photography that you take, um, says what you're taking in front of the camera says a lot about you, but what's happen- it also says a lot about what's happening behind the camera. Um, I had a conversation with my mom one time. A lot of my photography was featuring uh, very early in my photography. I was shooting a lot of stuff. Um, I needed a person in frame and I, and I, was shooting very late at night, um, often by myself. And so I would take a tripod with me and I end up shooting shots of myself and, um, the shots would be, they would give a sense of, I guess, heroism. Like you know, uh, I was standing in a in a way which is quite resolute, um, almost a hero stand, um, and looking down a tunnel, kind of peering off, and there was kind of like this light at the end of the tunnel. And I remember my mum saying to me, um, "Like, are you are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, why?" And she's like, "Well, I noticed like a lot of your stuff seems to be kind of like very blue, very cold, very solitary." And you're, you know, you're, you're pairing off like as if there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I had posted this stuff, um, early, I'd, I'd shot this stuff early, but posted it later. And at the time I went back and kind of reviewed it and I was like, huh, I had been going through a, a, a period of time when I felt very isolated. Um, and I did feel that like I was strong enough to kind of weather the storm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't realize I was doing, it. it was a very subconscious thing. Um, and I've always wanted to put interesting, uh, faces in front of, in, in, in front of interesting places. Um, but I didn't realize it was kind of manifesting my feelings at that time. Um, architecture is something that can be done very, very well or very, very poorly. Um, I, I like to think that with the shots that I take, um, there are certain technical aspects, um, which I apply and everything. I, I, I think with the legal background and with the, the the creative side of me, I have this kind of left brain, right brain thing going on. And so I merge those two things to kind of give me an edge as a photographer. Um, I think I will always have checklists of things which I'm trying to see in, in all of my photography. Um, and especially in all of my architectural photography, it needs to be in focus. It needs to be crisp. It needs to be... Um, correctly exposed, there needs to be um all of those tech check boxes. But also from a creative standpoint, it needs to the colors need to evoke a certain thing, or there needs to be something extra that adds a sense of mystery, or there needs to be something extra. So I'm kind of like firing on two different um, planes. Um and ultimately when those two things kind of mesh together, I look at it and I get a feeling of this this feels right but um when it comes to mood it's it's very easy to just go somewhere that someone else has done and just shoot it in the same way that it's been shot um architectural photography has that as a characteristic of it it's it's open to be easily recreated um but just from a personal professional progress standpoint i try to make sure that the stuff i'm doing um, when you see it, if my name isn't attached, I'd want people to kind of recognize it. And I think that's because of the heart that I put into it. And the, there's, there's a consistency. There's a, a kind of um, almost artist signature, which I try to add to each of those images so that you do recognize it as either mine, or if you see someone who's kind of um, doing something very similar, you see it as, ah, I, I think I know who it was inspired by, kind of thing, so... I hope that kind of answers the question.
1: Well, I think I think that's exactly it. I mean, you can you can present something that is technically perfect, you know. So there's, and you can learn all those things, but for it to be yours and it's signaturely yours, it's seeing what you see. It's because you see you're the only person that sees what you see because it's based on you know, your life experiences in that perspective and way. So when it's adding the heart, and again, whether that's architectural imagery, you know, whatever type of photography that you do, I feel like that is the extra, like that, Mm -hmm. that is what makes it you. And a lot of people, you know, you, you ask like, well, how do I find my style? You know, I I feel like what you just said sort of answered the question. If I were to have asked you, how did, how do you find your style?
0: Mm. I think, I think with regard to finding style, um, I've quoted this, um, I've used this quote a number of times, but I just, I just love it. It's, it's very, it's very poignant. Um, and I keep on, (laughs) I keep on forgetting to get the name of the guy who actually said it, but he's director of Parasite. Um, when, um, accepting his award for best picture, I think best director as well. He said the most personal is the most creative and, I think one of the reasons going back to one of the earlier questions you asked me, like in terms of like um, sticking to my style and, and doing that and how do I stay inspired because architectural photography or the, the symmetrical, the geometrical aspects, the perspective, all of that, because those are key to the person that I am, I don't have a problem shooting that till the day I die. I enjoy doing, it. I get a sense of fulfillment when I, when I nail a picture, whereas other people may have been doing it because it looked cool, um, because it was a trend. Um, so I think that's one of the things which goes towards separating me from other people. Like my um, obsession with balance, my obsession with fairness, equality plays out. That's something which, if you look throughout my life, you can see that I've always been that kid that complained about fairness. like. The, the law that I did was equality, discrimination, harassment, all that kind of stuff, diversity. So that balance um, that I saw in my career then manifests itself further now. I, I feel, again, just going to even even more personal, my identity as a Black male um, growing up in Western society, initially in, in London and now in Chicago. I've spent time in, in corporate environments, but being in spaces which were predominantly Caucasian and then finding myself trying to retain my identity, but also feeling the pressures to sometimes assimilate. Um, I've had to walk in a number of different worlds. Uh, my photography also, again, it kind of, um, it kind of reflects that balance that I have to do this balancing act of doing stuff, which is, um, not too urban, so as to be not be commercial, and not too commercial, so as to not be urban. Um, being able to um, code switch and use language that's not going to make people feel uncomfortable in either way. I have I have this duality to my personality, um, and so that manifests itself in in my photography style. I'm I'm. It's easy for me to reach in and be inspired by what's within because I I, I live it. So if you are a person who's a people person, then portraiture is obviously going to be a great thing. And you're, we know that you're a people person. So portraiture is going to allow you to kind of connect with that, right? So I think, you know, that 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 quote, the most personal is the most creative. When you start reaching within yourself and just pulling from within, you, you have this infinite source of inspiration. And um, that's where the first thing I would say, if anyone's trying to start their style or define themselves, what what's inside you what do you really resonate with does color resonate with you does texture resonate with you um food you know children all of those things if you're interested in cars you'll spend time around other people who are interested in cars you get invited to car events you'll shoot the cars you'll have access to things that you know you wouldn't otherwise so that's that's how you define style the first place is to is to look within and then you know then you can start looking for outside sources of inspiration. But I think the first base in terms of determining your style is the key word there is you in your, and it's, it's, it's an internal thing.
1: Well, first of all, um, you know, the internet always knows, I, I've got a note that, um, the director of Parasites is Bong Joon-ho. Um, <laughs> Bong
0: Joon-ho, thank yeah. you.
1: There you go. So, um, it, it's,
0: um, Such so, a legend.
1: Yes. Yes. And a a legend in a number of ways, the movie itself, but then, you know, breaking barriers in terms of award winning and, you know, all of, you know, all of it. Um, It's, um, it's the, the concept of style and you and coming from the heart. And I mean, it's, it's, it's so interesting, because we all, I, I think, often are searching for something out there. Like what my style is somehow out there. My creativity is somehow out there where, as you so beautifully just put, like you just need to look inside and what are you, you already know what you're drawn to, you know, keep, yeah, keep being drawn to those things. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about with regard to your, just your work and the concept of symmetry. And I mean, there is something sacred in, you know sacred geometry like it, in finding these forms and i'm curious if when you said like you get this moment where you nail the shot like you know it, it, what is like do you do you feel a connection like to the world at large or i i'm just curious
0: it it it's it's funny um a good friend of mine um Ron we kind of came up together on Instagram his name is Ron Timahin. go check out his work amazing work and um, he's
1: in the the film I take photos with a lot he is you. in the film yeah. I take photos
0: and I think I think in that film we actually re- we, we refer to the there's there's a point when you take a picture and you look at it and you can you viscerally react to just like whoa like um and I love that he recognized that and, and mentions that in the video because it wasn't until that he mentioned that that I realized that oh yeah I do do that I do Sometimes connect with a picture so well. Um, I do that. I think as time went on, and I kind of placed higher and higher standards on myself, and I tensed up in terms in my creative because I'm like looking at my peers and wanting to constantly level up. I've lost some of that, but there is a real um, a real sense of reward that you get when you when you're creating with no parameters except those you've placed on yourself and you you meet the standards that you've placed on yourself. There's there's something very fun um, and I can't describe it other than a feeling. Um, I have certain left side brain, I'm not sure, maybe it might not be left side brain, but I have certain like, like mathematical things in terms of um, checkboxes, which I want to hit when I'm taking a picture right like the angles need to be right the lines need to intersect in a particular way um and you can get into further details like the golden ratio or fibonacci's principles and mathematics all that kind of stuff and it it, it and from an angular perspective it feels right but then just from a creative standpoint it's just like i again like i said i have this thing about balance like um even when it comes down to like how i eat right i like to I really love like a lot of Asian food because I like the mixture of textures. There's a particular ratio. Like I love the crunch of um, like peppers and like maybe like caramelized onions and then the texture of the fluffy rice and then the sauce. I need things to be in a particular ratio in order for me to kind of really, really enjoy it. Like I love guac and chips. I love like, I just love the, the cool like texture of like avocado I know some people hate avocado, but I just love that. And the texture of less, like really good. Like if I have bad tortilla chips, it just feels wrong. I just, I just, this, this is ruined. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. Is, this is a waste of calories. And and, and that is, again, it, it manifests itself in like my photography. I like, I like balance obviously in terms of symmetry, but also in terms of light play, like how much light and shadow is in an image, like the colors they need to balance in a particular way as well. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it but um it's it's it just when you nail it you know it it feels a certain way and i think people recognize that so um even if the picture even if they don't know why they necessarily like the picture i think from a subconscious level right you know humans react to patterns they react to leading lines they react to um repeating recurring numbers and all that kind of stuff and if you can get those elements in a picture that's kind of like cheat codes where you kind of you're hacking into the brain and just I'm, I'm talking to you in a way where you don't need to have met me to know that I like things in a particular way. And if you like things in a particular way, you can relate to me on that level as well.
1: Okay, so I, I, think, it's a, I think it's awesome that you're so aware of this that it comes down to how you eat and what you eat. <laughs> um, are you the type of person that will... Um, like eat each thing on the plate. Like you gotta finish one thing, or is it all like mixing it together? Do you cut things up into pieces before you take bites? Like does it all have to be aligned?
0: <laughs> yes, Doctor Klosterman, I I do eat my pizza in a particular order. How did you How did you know? Uh, it's like you've known me my whole life. Yeah, I I am I'm that nerd who who cuts up his pizza in a particular way, and I've been teased about that before. Um, if see, I'm, and I
1: didn't even know that, but I could see, tell you know, from yeah, what you're yeah, we, what you're saying. Because
0: we, we connect, yeah. <laughs> um if I if I order a burger and fries, then yeah, I can't eat the burger until the fries are done. Um I I I don't know who I don't know how people do it. It's I I just it just feels weird to me. And when I'm eating my you know chips and dip, um I I'm looking at like my I'm looking at like my portion of guac to make sure that I have enough the ratio needs to be right. Otherwise, you know, my, my stepfather, um, he makes I'm vegetarian now, but um for many years, you know, I would eat whatever like my parents would put in front of me. And um my stepfather Liam um used to make these um uh make this dish. It's like a family dish now called meat sauce. And he'd make it either with like pasta or rice. And um if the ratio is off, it just felt wrong. It's just like I need like Liam, what's going on? I, just, I, I need like, you know, the carbs and the, the protein just needs to kind of add up. So, you know, as I'm as I'm getting down to my last bites, I'm I'm making sure that things are kind of just in a particular way. And um, you know, I I I talk about food a lot. Um I I like food as an analogy for um photography. Like when I'm capturing um my photos i'm seeing that as the process of capturing the the basic elements of a meal um and the editing process is the is the preparation and cooking of that right so um i like to make sure that i'm capturing um good good photography technique is is, is a good harvest right so having worked in uh an agency i know that you know the, the term we'll do it in post is is pretty much a swear word right it's 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 Don't do that, right? So I'm always trying to do as best as I can to provide a good canvas so that when I come to the editing stage, I'm going to prepare a better meal, obviously, better ingredients, better end result. So, you know, good photography technique. Use a tripod if you need to. Um, Shooting at the right time of day, using the correct ISO, all of that kind of stuff, right? Basic elements of photography, which I'm not going to go into here. But then when it comes to the editing, I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing the, I'm painting those things in the best light. I'm using a bunch of different, metaphors and analogies, but I'm trying to make sure that I'm preparing this in the best light to try and recreate what it was I caught at the time. I'm trying to um, help people see what I saw at the time when I shot and feel that same same energy. So when it comes to editing, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not adding too much salt, um, to, too much salt and seasoning. So um, the salt would be adding clarity Adding contrast, adding texture and grain, and, and and those kind of things, just making it look a little bit too harsh. I don't, I don't want to do that. Over sharpening, it's, it's too much salt, right? And then saturation, vibrance. That's like adding adding sugar and honey to things. So you just want to just add a little sprinkle here and there to just present a a, a meal to someone that's like, oh, that 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 makes sense. Um, I, so
1: I love it. It's a. I mean, all yeah. of that. Such a great analogy, which yeah. is such a. It, it's such a great way to learn. Um, is you know being able to, it, it just makes it so clear and makes sense. Um, mm. In that when when we can learn by, you know, understanding something, we can understand everything you just said about food, and it's like, oh yeah, let me think about that. When I've you know both getting out there and, and photographing or, you know, creating video and then also in the post. So let's talk about the, the, I mean, you're, we've been talking a lot about photo. You're, you know, have this multifaceted career. Let's talk about working in agency um, and sort of create creative director producing videos. Like how, how is that different than stills and like, does your brain have to go into a different mode as you yeah. approach motion?
0: Absolutely. Um, like, I I think the my my best friend moved from the US to the UK, and we kind of bonded there. And he said to me that moving to the states was going to be really good for me. Um, I miss him immensely, but obviously, you know. had to do what I did. And in terms of career, me coming to the States has allowed me to be, um, I wouldn't say necessarily I was a big fish in a small pond there, but that's probably an easy analogy to use, right? I I had reached a certain point in the London scene on Instagram where I was, I had the privilege of going to like red carpet events and um, film premieres and just was in really cool spaces, rubbing shoulders with like some really cool people. And then when I got offered the chance to move to the States, pardon me, it was like, do I want to give all of that up in order to grow? Um, and 100% yes. Like I, 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 you know, that, that thing when like you, you die, when you stop growing, I constantly want to grow. And I felt that, you know, if, if I was doing red carpets back there, then at some point I'll make it back to, to that. It's, it's not about that. It's more so about the process, the growth, the journey. And so the thing which I've loved the most, um, about being put in this space in the agency space is that I'm surrounded by art directors. I'm surrounded by copywriters. I'm surrounded by, um, graphic designers. I'm surrounded by creative directors who have been doing this. Now, when you take a picture, It's a, it's a snapshot and there's something about the art form of photography, which is easy to pick up, but hard to master. Right. And the, the barrier for entry or the standard of entry right now in photography, because everyone has a phone and there's obviously algorithmic computational photography, which makes photos better than they would have been before. Um, the standard of photography, which is out now, is a lot higher than it would have been earlier. When I jumped on Instagram, people didn't really know what to post. And over time, we've kind of set the standard in terms of like, this is the basic. So I see kids now producing this stellar work because they know this is what I need to do in order to kind of survive. Um, stepping into this arena and being given access to, especially as a, as a, a photographer who came up through social media, right? into a non-traditional... I, I'm self-taught, never studied this. But being on a on a production and seeing just the eye-opening experience of being next to someone who does sound, right? This this is this is this 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 story is kind of mind-blowing for me at the time. I remember being on production and seeing a guy whose entire job was sound. Now, as a photographer you don't consider sound at all. You've told a story in an an entire frame. Yeah. But being on a production and looking at a guy who studied sound for, I think this guy has studied maybe for 20 years and he was feeding himself and his family of a piece of creative, which I didn't consider at all. Now this piece of creative photography has taken me around the world. I've met friends. I've changed my career and everything like that. And I'm, in a space where this guy is just, his whole career is sound. That kind of, it just opens your mind to so much more. You're just like, wow, like there's so much more to learn. Um, that's that's what I've loved about agency life, the business side of of being in agency life, the formulation of ideas, getting feedback, being able to present your ideas in a coherent way, in a cohesive way, um, so that people understand them. like rounds of feedback right you know just you, you you think oh I've got a great idea and I'm like okay cool tell me how that works with this okay cool now scale up that idea okay cool now break it down now how does this work for this market now how does this work in this demographic and you're like just having to think about that the those questions have made me a better photographer because I now start considering the why a lot more like why are we doing something um sitting with other creatives and you'll be in a room with people and they'll be like all right cool i need a new social idea to promote this pair of sneakers or trainers depending on where you sit in the world right um and like, all right cool let's let's make the display float right and people are like, oh that's an awesome idea that's that's great that's great okay cool but why why are we making that why are we making the display float because it's nike air okay, cool. That makes sense. But if it wasn't Nike, then you're like, well, why are we making it float? Oh, cause it looks cool. But there's a bunch of things that look cool. When you start tying thoughtful creativity to great photography, then you start doing amazing work. Um, I love the idea, um, not last year, but the year before, um, for international women's week, I believe. Um, A super creative guy, Harry B, um, who used to run the Annex 88, um, him and his team came up with this idea of having a glass ceiling and having mallets, which you could smash the glass ceiling. That is just amazing. Just being around creatives like that. Um, and just pushing the thought process further allows me to be a better photographer and just being around people who just focus on video allows me to push the ideas further, um, it's been it's been an amazing growth experience. It's not always been easy, um, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. I've, I've grown so much as as a person, as an artist. Um, the philosophy of creativity is um, is, is is endless, and um, I think. Are you familiar with the theory of Dunning Kruger syndrome?
1: No. So Dunning
0: Kruger. So. Dunning-Kruger syndrome is, I I quote this all the time. I love this. It's um, the idea that there are some people who are so unintelligent that they don't know that they're unintelligent. And the flip side is people who are so intelligent, they realize that they don't know anything, right? They, They just, relatively speaking, they really don't know that much. And the more I'm around creative people, the more I'm creating and I realize there's so much more to do. Similarly, with travel. The more I travel and the more I experience the world, the more I realize there's so much more to see and so much more to do. And um, yeah, I just soaking soaking this in and, and trying to live up to my my promise and premise of being um, a creative because it's a blessing to be able to be paid to come up with creative ideas. It's a blessing to be able to be paid to, um, to, to shoot. Like I... I if someone had told me that many years ago someone was going to be paying me to take pictures, I would have I would have laughed in their face. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I I consider myself privileged and blessed, and yeah, it's been an experience. I
1: I I didn't know there was a name for what you, what you were just describing, but it it is that like you don't know what you don't know, uh, and and when you don't know what you don't know. I feel like that's when some, you know, limiting beliefs can come in, and so there's the fact that, you know, you said like, well, if somebody would have said to me that you're going to be making a living making photos, taking photos, that you would have laughed in their face. But was was there? What have there been moments along the way where you have had? some kind of limiting beliefs in terms of what you could or couldn't do that you were able to somehow break through and is there something that you can sort of um, give advice to people I guess on, on through a personal experience
0: absolutely so the the the, the downside of um, being placed around um, that many people is it can make you doubt yourself and um, especially when you're not, I'm not, I'm a non-traditional hire. I'm completely self-taught. Um, I'm being asked to pick up a skill. I think at the time they're like, we love your photography that much. And you've displayed, you know, aptitude for learning. We think you, we think you'll pick up video. And I'm just like, okay, (laughs) all right, cool. Um, and then you're around people who, who do this. Right. And there's this cognitive bias that we all experience where, um, you know, when it comes to material things and wider, um, we minimize what we have and maximize what other people have. And that comes, it's, it's the same when it comes to our own achievements, our own skill sets, and even our own potential. So I feel that um, initially I came here and despite having gone through an exercise where I had to, um, in order to get my visa, I had to justify, the company had to justify me coming here, right? So the company, um, And I go for the visa process where we convince the U.S. government that I'm worthy of this job because I'm denying someone of of a job, right? Um, And so the the visa I'm on is an O-1 visa, which is um, the title is um, an alien of extraordinary ability, right? (laughs) It's it's a weird term, but, you know, it's one I I wear kind of gladly because if the U.S. government saying I'm an alien of extraordinary ability, I'll take it, right? So... Someone has independently assessed and said this. This guy's, you know, he's 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 got some skill, right? So, um, and, and I'm I'm quite self-deprecating, very hard on myself. So, you know, if the U.S. government's saying I'm going to take it, right? So, um, <laughs> and um,
1: it, it's so fun. like, who comes up with these terms? I I mean, the exactly. alien with extraordinary ability.
0: I know it sounds it's kind of sounds kind of superheroish, right? Yes. Like, um, yeah. 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 Um,
1: okay. If you were a superhero, but, um, <laughs> who would you be?
0: Toby Shinobi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, the process I had to go through was collating all this work that I had done and collating um, all the press and publications that there were about me, and I remember looking at it and being like, "Wow!" Like I didn't, I actually didn't realize like I I done all this stuff and when you look at it this body of work is kind of cool despite going through all of that and having the uh, independent body which gains nothing um from saying you know come and come and work for it well they, they don't gain nothing but <laughs> but I they're not bribed they have no like financial incentive to say like you know let's let's bring this guy on an independent body is saying yo we 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 think this guy is worth something despite going through all of that I still had this imposter syndrome. Um, and the only advice I can give to someone is, can you really honestly ask someone to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Um, I have put certain fail safes because I am so self-deprecating because I have these really high standards and because I sometimes feel like I'm behind where I should be. Um, I have these kind of mental um, Fail safes, which I kind of had to put in place, to remind myself that you've done some things, Toby. You know, um, so I I know that there's a bare level of professionalism which I will put into every piece of work that I do. There's a minimum, there's a bare minimum of effort which I will put into every piece of work that I put out. There's standards that I put on every piece of work that I'm not comfortable putting that work out unless it has those things. Creatively, it needs to look a certain way. Um, It needs to be in focus. It needs to, you know, all those kind of things. There's there's a quality control aspect, which um, if it doesn't hit those things, I'm not gonna put it out there. And so that in of itself, the standard I've placed on that is so high that I know that that work is gonna be good enough to at the very least get it over the line And then I'm pleasantly surprised when people come back and say to me, oh man, this is amazing. I'm like, oh really? That's, I'm glad you, I'm glad you feel that way. So that's when I'm feeling my lowest, that's what I do to kind of get myself over the line. Um, But, um, you know, the, I, I I recognize the, the privilege and acknowledgement that I get when I, you know, when I get to speak to cool people like yourself, Um, you wouldn't be talking to me if my work wasn't decent at the very least. Um, and again, sometimes I have to kind of remind myself because I do look at some of my achievements over time. I, I rarely ever pat myself on the back when I'm doing that. And I'm trying to be better about doing that, looking at my achievements. and Because I know if a friend had done a lot of the stuff that I'd done, I'd be like... <laughs> but it's, it's I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's hard for me to sometimes accept... That I've that I've achieved some of the things that I've achieved and um yeah. Are I, you a perfectionist yourself?
1: Are you a perfectionist? It sounds like yes, from Dr. Kosterman. all of, all, all Dr. of Dr. these really, things.
0: You, you you got me again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it's me too. All, all, everything okay. you're saying is resonating <laughs> with me, which means it's resonating with other people out there uh, as well. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. Well, I I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Yes. Um at least every yes. day I'm trying to. And so sort of, uh, maybe it's a the last question for if other people out there are are feeling the same way, um it's sort of how do you I like to say that my daily practice is letting go because you've said that you're, you've set these standards for yourself and you, you have to create these boundaries that you know that, okay, I know, I'm, I'm, I know it's going to be what what you're calling decent, you know, but then is somebody else's, you know, brilliance or aspiring to. So how, how do you personally in your life, like then let go if you're the same way as me, where you have to kind of just like,
0: yeah, Yeah. So, um, uh, how vulnerable do I want to be? Um, I think the thing when it comes to perfectionism is being very honest with yourself. I think, you know, I've talked about communication being key, right? Um, I think, um, we live in an age where it's very easy to look at what other people are doing, especially in the age of social media. And we have these points of comparison, um Instagram stories TikTok all of these platforms are should be used as tools um and I watched a very interesting documentary the social dilemma a little while back which kind of made me think a little bit differently about how I'm using these tools which has kind of led me to kind of be more mindful of how I'm using them and stuff but ultimately Instagram you know all of these all these spaces right it's a highlight reel and you're looking at people's best bits their curated bits you're not looking at the the heartache the isolation the the hours the depression the anxiety the stress the um all of that that kind of goes into it so please bear that in mind i'm saying speaking to the general public please bear that in mind when i um, looking at um what people are doing um i think one of the things I had to tell myself, just being very, very honest with myself, and again it goes back to communication. Communication with with oneself is important as well. Is um, I reminded myself that um, my mum and fa- my mother and father, and my parents, and the people around me aren't perfect people. I came from them. I cannot be perfect. To expect to do work which is perfect is impossible, it's a futile exercise. Now I'm all for, you know, aiming for the moon and then if you miss, you'll still land in the stars. I'm all for that, but going through therapy, this is the vulnerable part, going through therapy and realizing that perfectionism was a bad thing. Um, and, and my therapist saying like, you know, um, oh, it sounds like you're a perfectionist. And I'm like, yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I wore that badge with joy. And she's like, well, the problem with perfectionism is that when you set these really high standards for yourself and then you don't meet them because you are human and to air is human, um, you you beat yourself up. And beating yourself up definitely isn't an exercise in perfection. So it's, it's a futile exercise that I would encourage people to avoid as much as you can. Perfectionism doesn't help anyone. Um, high standards, yes. Perfectionism, no. Um, so I am a reformed perfectionist, Dr. Klosterman, and um, yeah, it's that 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 honesty, that vulnerability, is something that I've had to kind of um, come to terms with and um, set put in place. Um, like when it comes to posting work, uh, the seven out of ten rule. So I was posting work, um, which. I guess would hit like nine out of 10 things or 10 out of 10 things. And this work needed to be amazing. But I remember a friend had looked at some of my work on my camera roll. He was like, why haven't you posted that? And I was like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't it's not good enough. I posted it and it did better than some of the stuff I had posted. And so everyone has these different experiences and perspectives, right? So, you know, someone's going to resonate with something. I've had people look at my work and be like, oh, this reminds me of that. And it made me feel this. And I, wow, I'm glad you got that from it. So I put out work now, which has seven out of 10 elements. That's an arbitrary number, but it's seven out of 10 elements, um, which makes sense. And it's allowed me to have a quality control, but not have a standard, which was oppressive. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been helpful.
1: Well, thank you, Toby, for your vulnerability. I think that it's so important. Uh, especially now, especially for creatives, um, and and a lot of us suffer in silence. Um, uh, but you know what what you're saying is resonates with me. I mean, I my therapist, I the, the line that I've used many times on this podcast, but and and in general in the world is, you know, she told me, don't should on yourself. And I heard I heard you, you know, use the word should. Don't should on yourself. You know it's kind of funny like when you hit yeah <laughs> but these like or don't shit on somebody else like it, it's this the should the the thinking that something should be something that it's not um whereas like accepting what it is for what it is um is you know that's the letting go that's that's my daily work and so again um yeah it's and and uh, and yeah, I just, I, I appreciate you sharing that as do um, other folks. Uh, I do want to, as we um, round out the conversation that I have enjoyed so much, and I've never been called Dr. Klosterman. So thank you for that. Although I have had, I have I'm not a doctor. I have had other people oh, say man. like, wait a minute, this is like a therapy session. <laughs> 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 like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs>
0: yeah. but that's
1: the heart of that connection. With Again, that people that resonate with, I wanted to actually read you a few comments that have come in um, during the course of our conversation of how you are reaching people. And again, going back to, you said it with photography, but I'll reiterate with this, if you can help and inspire one person by telling your vulnerable story... That matters. Um, Absolutely. And, and I think you Absolutely. just did. So, you know, Ella said, um, this is, that's a very important point. Perfectionism is definitely futile. Uh, Warren says, uh, great to bump into Toby on here. Lovely guy, great talent. Um, we've got, oh, he says, thank you, Warren. He said, I suggested him during the Elise Swopes live chat. We didn't even talk about Swopes, <laughs> Chicago, both of you. Well, she's in New York now. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she was she's also. Awesome on the podcast um, and is taught on creative live. Uh, And then Ella had said, um, yes, it really is. And, and yet still challenges on a human level. Um, It's so beautiful to be human. I'm grateful. Um, uh, and anyhow, so the, the comments have gone on and on. Vicky, hey, Toby, Shinobi, loving your talk. Honest, real and awesome. Uh, we've got Hawaii tuning in. We have, let me go back, Norway, India, Los Angeles, New Hampshire. North Carolina. Um, so lots of people saying thank you from all over. I want to make sure Toby that everybody knows where they can find you, follow you, uh, stay connected with you, tell us all the places. And of course we'll have these in the show notes as well.
0: Sure. Um, so Instagram, Toby Shinobi, YouTube, Toby Shinobi, definitely check that out. I'm going to be putting out more videos. I've got one coming out this week. I promise you it will come out this week. Um, Twitter, not that active on there, but you know, you can connect on there. Um, I answer all DMs unless someone's being belligerent. I answer all DMs. So please, you know, if you have questions, I love to connect on there and so on and so forth. Um, I have a couple of projects coming up, which aren't finalized just yet, but please do connect with me. Stay tuned. Um, some really cool things coming up in the new year, which I can't talk about now. NDAs and all that kind of stuff but um stay tuned I definitely want to share knowledge and stuff and and help people to kind of achieve their best selves um yeah just you know we're in, we're in a, a weird time oh, thank you Warren for for recommending me I appreciate you um but um yeah we're in, we're in a really interesting year where like I say we're the most connected but most dis- disconnected um, so I want to do my part to to help people um, and if there's any advice I can give yeah um, Follow on Instagram, send me DMs, and I'll, I'll happily share advice where I can.
1: Awesome. Well, more folks coming in. Enjoyed it a lot from Austria. Uh, Mona just said, oh, just looked at your ID. Uh, great content awesome. Toby, thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out the other episodes of We Are Photographers. We're closing in on 100 episodes, uh, which I'm just so excited about and grateful for to have... Congratulations. Navigation. Yeah, thank you to be able to connect with so many incredible humans um, and all of you out there. So you can subscribe to We Are Photographers wherever it is you get your podcasts, or you can look at them right here on Creative Live, CreativeLive.com slash podcast. Uh, but we we'll sign off for now and thank you again to toby shinobi see you guys next time thank
0: you kenna nice to meet you thanks bye
1: i'm kenna klosterman and you've been listening to the we are photographers podcast from creative live at creative live we believe there's a creator in all of us and yes that means you if you're looking to get fresh perspectives inspiration or skills to boost your hobbies business or life Head over to CreativeLive.com slash CreatorPass. As a Creator Pass subscriber, you have access to over 1,500 classes on demand. Whether it's photo and video, art and design, craft, entrepreneurship, personal finance, or even yoga, there is always something to learn on Creative Live from the world's best educators. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review We Are Photographers wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, and a five-star review goes a long way. You can stay up to date with everything happening on Creative Live by following us on social media at CreativeLive everywhere. And I'm Kenna Klosterman on Instagram and at KennaKPhoto on Twitter. If there's anyone you want us to feature on the podcast, just send me a message. Thank you again for being part of the global Creative Live community, and I'll see you all next week for another episode of We Are Photographers.